plot twists. We're obsessed with them. In film, life and love, they turn up everywhere. It's that defining moment when a story, any story, takes you in an unexpected direction. I'm Tom, superhero buff and comedy lover. And I'm Fran, reality TV obsessive and true crime enthusiast. And we're from Now TV. And throughout this series, we're going to be interviewing TV and film stars, asking them all about their favourite plot twists, both on and off screen. So expect the unexpected and hopefully some behind the scenes nuggets that you've never heard before. Contain spoilers, obviously. The Spring. From the producers of the award-winning podcast comes the most unexpected twist of all. Two telly superfans are let loose with a mic. Oh, enough. An unlikely friendship. Mm. An unlikely adventure. <laughs> Plot twist. All right, all right, cut the music. Sorry. What? What on earth was that? Well, first of all, it was a tribute to Don LaFontaine, the movie trailer voice, and uh, the guests this week are all about uh, impressions. So I thought I'd open up with an impression. I mean, that's not an impression of the guests we're interviewing, though, is it? Well, it's not, no, but I've got some up my sleeve if you want some. Go on then, yeah. yeah so okay. I'll, I'll do the character, and you guess either the character or the actor. Yeah, great. Yeah, it'll be very yeah. obvious. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay, right, fine. Oh, you're so dirty. Not a Barney. Fran. No idea. I'm joking. Oh, of course I know. I mean, you'd have to be living under a rock to not recognise that voice. Oh, thank you. I'll take that as a compliment from you. But impressions are really relevant this week, right? Very relevant this week. So we've got Steve Coogan and the national treasure of Wales, Rob Brydon, Uncle Bryn. Amazing. And we're talking to them about the trip to Greece, which is on Now TV. Their new series, yeah. So this sees the two guys travelling around a country in this instance, Greece, and they're playing sort of fictionalised versions of themselves, so everyone else... So they're playing Steve and Rob, but, yeah, some, some things might be a little bit made up and, you know... Everyone else in, the, in their lives are actors. Pretty much. Fictional yeah. situations, yeah. real-life restaurants, real-life hotels, yeah. but it's more around kind of their relationship still, that sort of competitiveness, yeah. them doing impressions of other people, of each other... Yeah. So pretty true to real life, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Rob plays like this happy-go-lucky sort of performer... Steve kind of exaggerates being more of this elitist who's sort of a bit of a snob when it comes to sort of things like art and history and they just kind of bounce off each other and of course they're a bit like you and I, Fran, a bit competitive, you know, there's... Don't know what you're talking about. Well, okay, fine. Well, I obviously knew that you had followed their careers from a younger age. I may have done, Tell me about the sixth form situation. Oh, Fran, people don't need to know about this. I think they do. Mm. I think think it explains a lot. Um, Picture this sort of socially awkward... 17, 18 year old. He Easy to picture. <laughs> but no comeback to Go that. Again. I will have a comeback to the listeners. There will be a comeback at some point and it will be savage. Um, <laughs> but anyway, no, in sixth form, um, discovered Alan Partridge. And yeah, it's safe to say that I, I started doing a bit of an impression and any opportunity I could use it. Oh, you're so dirty. I would. And yeah, it kind of perhaps I'd really like myself, to say yeah. that you sort of gained back those social skills, but I'm not entirely sure I've seen any. I'm inclined to agree. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm really excited about listening to this. This is a really good one. And you know at the beginning of an interview when you're sort of setting up the mics, you're sort of meeting everybody. Easing yourself in. Easing yourself in. And that's what you kind of hear at the beginning of this. 
And somebody I recently discovered was the comedian um, Don Rickles, who plays Mr. Potato Head in Toy Story. Oh, I love Mr. Potato Oh, Head. he's wonderful. He's my um, second favourite character. And he, he sadly passed away a few years ago, but I've discovered a lot of his work. And Steve and Robert, obviously very much into their comedy. They love not just UK comedy, but US comedy as well. So I thought that might be a nice way to sort of get a bit of common ground. Great. Well, I think we should check it out. Here it is, our first part of the interview with Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon. Well, I would say that a podcast don't have to have a radio level of sound quality. In fact, if you do, it stops it sounding like a podcast. It could just be some local radio mm, station. I don't agree with that. I think that if it's too poor a quality of sound on a podcast, one's enjoyment is impaired. Really? Yes. So if we... Okay. But we're clear. It's just there's a crispness in the background. It's like well, there's echo, a, no, there's mm. a slight reverberation because of all the hard surfaces. Bonk, it's quite harsh. Yeah. Well, quite what nice. you can do is uh, put a blanket over us. You could do put your hands here like that, so it sort of slightly bounces it back oh. towards your face, like, like, like Bane. We could do the whole thing like this. No, like this. Yeah. Or like that. Or just like, like that. This That's just nice. gives, this just gives a slight baffle. Yeah, sound baffle. <laughs> oh, like, all right. Yeah, this one. This works. Yeah. Well, that works. That, I can't yeah. speak for Steve, but I'm ready to start. Okay. Are you ready, Steve? Yeah. Sure. Before we properly start, I wanted to ask, actually, are you guys fans of Don Rickles? Yes, massively. Yeah, yes. I've just discovered yes. him recently. I love oh, the yeah, guy. Yeah, you've got, yeah, amazing. Amazing. He's got amazing. a lifetime. You, you should know go he's and passed see him. away, you should of go course. And see... oh, he's passed no, away, passed away. He's, he's gone. I know. Oh, you knew, did you? Okay. Don Rickles, you've seen the John Landis documentary? No, I haven't, actually. Oh, uh, Mr. Mm. Warmth, that's what you've got to watch. Yeah. And then there's just on YouTube, there's hours and hours. and Watch his Letterman appearances. Johnny Carson. But I would say he's better on Letterman, in a way, for me. But there we are. Right, let's, mm. let's let's kick off. Mm. I wasn't expecting mm. you to talk about Rickles. No, no, I, I just he did I um, like the Ronald Reagan inauguration. Yes, he did. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, superb wow. at that. Yeah. Mm. And uh, Sinatra got him on board, wasn't That's it? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he did mm. that, and just incredible. Mm -hmm. He had this like, ability to sort of he could say the most outrageous thing yeah. to you, but he just get away with it. Yeah. And he was just so lovable with it. Well, I always felt with him that there was a lot of love there, no matter no matter what he was saying. You could just tell he was he was he was a warm person. I I adored him. Well, Rob, Steve, welcome to the podcast, which is all about plot twists. Thank you very much. And uh, plot twists are all about the unexpected. Mm. And looking back at your own careers, has there been a sort of a plot twist moment where the unexpected has happened? Yeah, well, Rob had a career. <laughs> uh, no one was expecting that. Thanks to this old fella here, yeah. because he... Uh, Marion and Jeff. He saw a tape that I'd done of yeah. four characters and... Thank goodness he stayed watching till the end because Keith Barrett was the last character yeah. <clears throat> and he liked it. And um, so that, yeah, that was a plot yeah. twist that I was beginning to think it was never going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I watched it. I remember I chumped on my cigar and I went, it's Bryden, kid. Get him in, I want to talk to him. And, and uh, uh, you got dressed yes, got and dressed. summoned me in. Yes. And, uh, and yeah. uh, I was wearing my dressing gown. You were, you asked for a massage. I asked for, asked for a massage. I was uncomfortable, but I wanted... Yeah. Had you met before that? Uh, well, no, in, in all... If I can be serious, and it's not something to joke about. Um, um, what happened was, I knew Julia Davis. Just take your hands off me. Julia was... Uh, <laughs> can I just... Can it just be near? And Julia was working with Steve on his live show, The Man Who Thinks He's It. And uh, I was thrilled because I was a huge fan of, of his. Uh, firstly, because of what he did. Secondly, because he had come to what he did through voiceovers. And that's what I was doing. So I thought, right, well, if he can do it, you know, maybe there is a route from that to mm. where 
I wanted to be. Yeah, but it's a big leap. <clears throat> it's a massive leap because you get stuck in a world, you know, and you, you can't get beyond it. Um, so what happened was I went, I'd already bought tickets before I knew Julia was in the show at Reading at the Hexagon. And I went to see it and then I went to see Julia afterwards. So the first place I met Steve was in the bar of the Holiday Inn Reading. And I said, I loved the show and I, you know, I kind of want to do what you do and la, la, la. And then that was... And I, and I never forget what I said. I said, cheers, mate. Can you just go and stand over there? I'm having a private conversation with that friend of mine. No, what he did do is he spotted a very attractive lady. I can remember this very clearly walking and I lost his attention. Mm. And well, I, and I knew it was over. Yeah. But you regained the attention. Well, you only because then after that I got this tape to him via Julia. Because the person I was looking at went away. <laughs> I got the tape to him via Julia, and then she said he's seen it, and she she said oh he likes it, and I was doing a radio show every Friday night at Bush House for the BBC, mm. which was near the Lyceum. I knew that he always went to have a drink at this pub near the stage door of the Lyceum, so I actively went oh, right. Yes. I'm going to bump into him. I thought I'll chat to Julia. I remember this vividly. I took one of the guys from the show with me. I got there. Julia said, I'm tired. I'm going home. I thought, oh, no, I don't know anybody. So I was sat in this bar, and he came over. He saw me, and he, and he went, oh, he said, oh, you're, you're Julia's friend, aren't you? Oh, wow. You're the one I saw the tape. And I went, yeah, yeah. And I always remember, he said, I, th I think you've got something. He said, he said, not many people have. He said, Julia has it. Simon has it. Simon Pegg was in the show. Mm -hmm. He said, I'd like to work with you someday. Well, I went home walking on air. This was a huge thing. And then as time went by, we ended up making God. Marion and Jeff. That's incredible. And Human Remains. Was there a plot Whoa. twist for you, Steve, in your career? Because, you, I mean, you got had success at quite a young well, age, right? Well, uh, the, the, the plot twist, um, I suppose, I sort of down, down periods, up periods. I had a very down period when Frank Skinner was supporting me 30 years ago, in fact. Good God. And uh, he, was, he very good. was very good, better than me. And in some eyes, some people's eyes, I'm sure, may still be. And that's all fine. You know, it's horses for courses. But uh, he, I told him he was supporting me. He was just, he just blew me off stage, really. It's no simpler way of putting it. He's got it a him. good show now, apparently. Apparently, it's fantastic. I, I don't know. He's masterful. With a live audience, I think no one comes close to him being able to improvise with an audience. Um, you know what he said the other day? Someone said, yeah. do you ever have jokes that come up in a show and you can't use them again? And he said, oh, he said, well, he said, there was one. He said, I was talking to someone in the audience and I said, what do you do? And he said, I'm an anaesthetist. And we had a lovely chat and I said, I don't, I don't often get to chat to an, an anaesthetist. Well, not for long. <laughs> Isn't that a I, beautiful joke? Yeah, I, I, when it was in Edinburgh, me, he looked at someone's flyer and it said, he picked it up and said, do you mind if I have a look at your flyer? And it said, riveting, will always be remembered. And then he said, Isambard Kingdom Brunel. <laughs> I thought it was quite off yeah. the wall. Mm. Um, but, um, and then he started laughing, congratulating himself, ah. saying, about how good that was <laughs> to have thought of that. Yeah. And they got my material out of that. Yeah. Um, so, no. Uh, the spitting image you did, you were quite young. I did do spitting image, and that was, but I'd been doing funny, look, I, got, I, got, I, I don't want to go through a whole my career it's too boring but uh it's it, neither the time nor time the place <laughs> but yes it is pretty image doing funny voices uh did this comedy circuit go on Sunday, did some shows on tv uh uh frank tell, tell him tell him what jimmy tarbuck told you jimmy said you know i did sunday night the played him he said get kid if it happens for you it's a great life if it doesn't happen for you it's still a great life 
you got to get on, hit him, then get off. you got no prizes for hanging around. <laughs> he was right. He and was he's right. true. I mean, he's absolutely oh, yeah, spot yeah. on. No, he's yeah. absolutely right. And uh, Indeed, I'd, and I've, well, he said that to me on October the 16th, 1988. Wow. Wow. And I've never forgotten it. <laughs> 30, yes, it's incredible how long yeah. we're at, we've been around. Amazing. I mean, and I, it's, it's funny, well, the twist is, I remember people saying to me, how old are you? I said 22. And I was, I'd been on TV, I was 22, I'd just turned 23. I mean, it's now when I think about it, I think, oh, I can't believe you're doing that then. And, and uh, everyone would say, oh, you're so young. You're so young. Yeah, you got the whole of your life ahead of you. And then one day they stopped saying that. <laughs> anyway, there you go. So anyway, in 1992, I went back to the Edinburgh Festival after having been humiliated by being rubbish when Frank was really good. And two years later, I went back and I won the, the, the Comedy Fringe Award, which was then called the Perrier Award. And that was, that was a big turning point for me because I felt like cause I didn't do any fun... I, didn't, I wasn't doing impersonations in it, which I enjoyed doing, but weirdly now, 30 years later, I'm doing again <laughs> with Rob. Uh, but I feel I'm, I'm doing impersonations on my own terms. On my terms. <laughs> well, um, it's... Uh, actually, it's weirdly enjoyable because I sort of... I stopped enjoying them and, I, and it was like, like a curse, like an albatross, and I wanted to, to get away from that. So I did this show that had all characters in it and that led to me doing Alan Partridge and that was like a new, different kind of albatross, um, but at least it was a different one. And then after that, I did Philomena and that got rid of the Partridge albatross and now I came back to Partridge on my own terms. So it's like You of... did Stan and Ollie got rid of the Philomena albatross, didn't it? Yes, well. it did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and it, so, I don't uh, know why you attract these albatrosses. Know, what are you, got bait around your neck? Or are they I no, I'm, like a, I'm like a, I'm like an aviary. An aviary with a big open door. I know you were looking for the I, word. I was, I was. <laughs> when you were, when you were a little younger, was it impersonations that came first or was it actually an aspiration to be an actor? Uh, well, I could always do voices. I could always do impressions and funny voices and invent characters and things as a, a young kid. You know, me, some kids are me, good. Me too. Yes. So could I. I mean, <laughs> from a very young age, <laughs> there I was, <laughs> wondering what to do. And I, <laughs> I looked around. No, I could always do them. And... Um, I uh, and I, I always just like to entertain people and make them laugh. It just seemed like the natural thing. So through school, that's what I did. And then I changed schools at about fourteen. Went to Porthcawl Comprehensive, which was a um, you talk about changing direction. What did you say? Plot twist. Plot twist. Okay. Yeah. So there I was, and I, I suddenly found myself at a school then with a fantastic, inspirational young drama teacher and. Ruth Jones, who was a pupil at the school uh, a year below me. And um, she's, she's very keen, I, I stress that. So there you were. My course of direction in life was set for me because I, I loved doing the... We did a big musical every year. We were in the drama studio all the time. I was no good at the academic stuff. And then my desire to go to drama school was not from any desire to understand the text or to explore the human condition. It was simply, I love doing drama at school, if I were to go to drama school, I'd be doing it all day. That was, I didn't think any further than that, and I assumed I would be successful, and I assumed I would be well-known. Mm. I always had that belief, which only wavered not long before I met Steve. It was starting to waver, because I was in my early to mid-30s, and I'd had some success. I'd been on the radio mm. and the Please telly in Wales. Wales. Right? Yeah, I'd done all that, and... It's success, you know. Yeah, for sure. Very good. But it's not what I wanted. I wanted more than that. Um, so I did begin to waver. Uh, 
Literally, yeah, yeah. Went, well, I would say that what occurred to me when you were saying that, apart from I, I really must trim my nails. You do need to. Um, uh, I also uh, thought that when I was young, younger, I remember the, all the, the sort of watching the, the comedies that were very popular and people loved, like Porridge and... Love Ronnie Barker. Rising Damp and, yes, and, and uh, Steptoe and Son, I suppose, and, uh, and then, of course, uh, Forty Towers and... and um, Are you going to list all of them? No, just a few. Good Life, even, to some extent. But uh, the, all those comedies, Reggie to me... Yeah, that struck me as being really wonderful things that were unifying. And before videotape, you got the sense that the whole country was mm. watching them, and that very rarely happens these days, apart from Kevin Stacey Christmas special. Thanks. Um, but really, that's actually... That, that's I know, actually probably, that, that was one of the lovely things possibly, about it, Possibly it? the first example in 30 years of a show that actually cut across all those cultural boundaries. It almost never happens. It's, it's a unique achievement. Well Probably, done, yeah, Rob. the Christmas specials have only fallen since last time, it actually, mm, you, know, you mm. felt like the yes. whole nation yeah, was sitting down. Yeah, and, definitely, only fools yes, and horses. Yes, that probably was the last yeah, one. That's yeah, right, yeah. 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 Um, so, so when I was growing up, those kind of comedies, really, I thought, what a, what a, what a wonderful thing to be able to make a, a, a character that, that everyone loved and made everyone laugh. And so... That was always in the back of my mind, too, that that would be a wonderful thing to be able to do. And you have. And I sort of did you've that it, by about the mid... You've done yeah, it. But the late it. 90s, 20 years ago, I did yeah. it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So in some ways, I realised one of my ambitions when I was 30... Um, you four, had huge 30. success at a very young age. I remember realising that when I was getting to know you. It sort of struck me, yeah, wow, you know, he's had this life... For a long time. I remember when, before Marion and Jeff had gone out, but I was hanging out with you, and we went to some awards. I think you were hosting them with Carolina Hearn somewhere in London, and we were arriving there. I remember Richard Whiteley seeing you as we walked in. He went, ah, young Coogan. And as we walked in, the photographers were shouting to you and what have you, and you turned to me and you went, you'll have this. I always remember that. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. God, I so I, mean, I sound as soon as I think, God, was I that confident? So I sort of fell into it. It seems really odd that uh, there's a vulnerability to it, though, isn't there? And you kind of explore that in the trip about yeah. the, whole, the whole this whole career, mm. and that you know, mm. one minute you can be on top of the mountain, and then next week, well, indeed, can indeed, it can, and you, uh, it's quite volatile. But uh, mm. and in you, a funny sort of way, you have to, you, I mm. find, you have to kind of be in slight denial about that, uh, otherwise, it's quite scary. Yeah, I've you've got never, to be confident, so well, you've you know got to not think of that. You I've just never keep jumped, going. Sorry to interrupt you. Mm. I've never jumped up and down at a brilliant review. And I've never gotten that depressed when someone slags mm. me off. Mm -hmm. I sort of occupy yeah. this middle ground. But I think yeah. if you start to rejoice at people saying nice things about you, it's sort of a, it's a fool's errand. And if it's a bad review, I find out the name of the journalist and <laughs> rough him up a bit. Yeah, rough yeah. him up a bit. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, listen, he's not going to get, you know, seriously... <laughs> Anyway, was that Richard Knight, your your fake agent? Oh, I used to be. I used to pretend to be my own agent back at Radio Wales when I oh, didn't yeah. have an agent. Oh yeah, I would do. His name was uh, Richard Knight. I think he spoke like this. Oh, Listen, yes. if you want uh, Rob to come along and uh, do this event, and I, I would do my own deals over the phone. Sneaky. Did you? Re was you re Hon honestly? Yeah, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, that was the first half of our interview with Steve Coogan and Rob Bryden on the podcast. podcast. What are your thoughts? Yeah, really cool. I, it was um, obviously it was amazing to meet them both. Obviously, being a huge fan 
And uh, obviously Rob playing his own agent. That was a bit of a turn up for the books. I know, brilliant. <laughs> I love that. That's a way to get yourself out there, right? Yeah. Be a self-promoter, just yeah. pretend you're someone else so it's more credible, I suppose. Well, basically, he didn't have to be an arse to people, you know. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd love to do it, Rob. You know, Rob's, Rob hate me for doing this, but I've, you know, I've got to get some money for the chap. Yeah, and, I know. Yeah. You can ask things you wouldn't ask yeah, if exactly. you were yourself. Yeah, exactly. I think that's great. Yeah. You've but, probably done that, surely. I One for another time, but I definitely did have a single alter ego. Oh God! Back in the day. Yeah, I can, I can, I can believe that. Let's part that for the time being. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the other thing that was really surprising was just how much of an influence Steve was in Rob's career. But... I know that he was kind of getting to that point in his career. We hadn't had his kind of big breakthrough, and he was potentially going to give up. I mean, we talk about sliding door moments on this podcast all the time. Imagine if he hadn't had that break. No Uncle Bryn. We'd have no Uncle Bryn. Yeah, but thankfully we do. Thank God. And yeah. Steve Coogan played a big role in that. He really did, yeah. And that was just... Um, and also the thing that struck me when Rob was talking about it was his persistence in that, yeah, he'd had success on radio, but he was really trying to make his mark in TV. And Steve remembered him, and then they ended up building out Marion and Jeff, which was a huge success for Rob. And obviously his career has skyrocketed since. I love that he did the fake bump into. One of yeah. my personal favourites. Um, but did you actually manage to talk about the trip? Uh, yes, we did, actually. Um, there is part two, which is coming up right now, where we uh, deep dive all into the trip, into some impressions from Steve and Rob, which are uh, pretty, pretty awesome. I think you like to take a listen. Let's do it. Here's part two of our interview with Steve and Rob on the Plotsworth podcast. Let's talk about the uh, new series of the trip then. So you've let's, gone to Greece. Let's. Yeah, we How went was it? to Greece. Uh, beautiful place. It's a lovely country, a lot greener than I was expecting. Did you we, island hop or were no, you actually on mainland? No, we didn't go anywhere where British tourists go. I mean, over <laughs> a month, strictly we true. Into... We went to Hydra and we went to Ithaca. Yes, all right, we saw a few. But we didn't see many Brits. We it was saw interesting. about five English people yes. in about a month. Yes, and, uh, yes. Because we were avoiding all the... We didn't even go to the Acropolis. We could see it from the hotel, but Michael wouldn't allow us to go there. We had to go on our day off because he wants to avoid the, uh, you know, the Greek clichés. The great, great clichés. We followed the route of, of Odysseus, so essentially from Troy to Ithaca. And the story slightly mirrors Odysseus's journey back home, which is what Steve's character of Steve undertakes in this. Because mm. um, yeah, the ending of the last series, you wondered where it was going to go. Yeah. Well, this one, you do, it goes home. And really, we're all trying to find our way home. In a funny sort of way. In a funny we? sort yes. of way. And uh, God's I do a bit hunt, like that. Isn't and he? in fact, it was uh, T.S. Eliot. No, it's T.S. Eliot who said. At the end of all our days, we return to where we started and know the place for the first time. And that really is the journey of the trip. And when I return to my home, my home, the home of Steve Coogan in the trip, rather the real Steve Coogan's home, and I know the place for the first time. And it feels like the end of a long odyssey. The whole four series of the trip has been going on over 10 years in its own kind of odyssey. Is it the dream job? Yeah, yeah. It, no, the dream job would be to be <laughs> a Formula One racing driver. Um, I think uh, you could do your an excellent uh, job. Well, you know. Um, no, no the, 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 is it the dream job? Because uh, for anyone who hasn't watched the trip, good. you're playing fictionalised versions of Oh, yes. Of okay, so, I know, we have to remember that some people are watching, listening to this going, going who are these? Why <laughs> do they, why, this assumption why, that people know Why do they hilarious. think? Okay, Everyone so, knows you. Okay, very simple. So, me, myself and Rob Brighton play versions of ourselves. We have uh, actors playing our girlfriends, our parents, our children, uh, but we're, we're sort of real. We are, we are playing ourselves, but versions of ourselves. And we're nasty to each other. We're sort of not nasty. We, we, we pick on each other a little bit. In reality, we do, in reality, we don't do that. So we sort of play... I'm sort of the 
precious, pretentious, malcontent. Rob wears life more lightly on his shoulders and is um, less uh, precious than me and more affable and, uh, easy, and going. easy going. And that's where the tension lies. And mm. we exploit that in the trip. But in reality, yeah. although there's a modicum of truth in it, I'm not quite as pretentious and Rob isn't quite as lightweight. And we are actually probably a little closer together than we are on screen. Steve um, Coogan speaking yes. earlier today <laughs> in London. Well, reaction has been swift. Nick Witchell is at the Palace. When you first started, mm. were you apprehensive about it being... Very you know, apprehensive. Yes. We said no to we Michael. We said no to Michael, yeah. We thought he was oh, really? Because sure, yeah. you worked with him before on a, a uh, Cock and Bull story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, similar. in fact, on a Cock and Bull story, the, the origins of the, the trip, yeah. well, there's a scene in Cock and Bull story where Rob and I are inside a makeup trailer and I'm talking about his teeth and uh, before we had them done. Yeah. And, um, uh, them done. and, and we look, we're sort of making lots of jokes about it and it was wet weather cover because we were supposed to be choosing something else. When it, when it rains in the film world, if you're on a limited budget, you try... from heaven. Try and find something else to shoot uh, to make up the time. So we thought, let's go. Michael said, go in the makeup train and just start talking to each other. And it was quite funny. He said, wow, these guys can just make stuff up. And he, Michael, just put out his cigar and went, I got an idea. He said, and uh, he took us to lunch about a year later, and he said, look, I'm going to do this thing. Uh, where six half hours, of course, it's a film as well around the world, but in Britain yeah. it's a series. He said, six half hours, not really a script, you just talk. And I said, you must be out of your mind. I said, look, I said, the most, we, we could get one good strong mm -hmm, half hour. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I've been proven happily wrong. And we, we eventually agreed to it because it sounded like a real challenge and it would I be different, you know. remember being at breakfast in the Covent Garden Hotel. That's right, yeah. With you. Yes. And afterwards we looked at each other yes. and you said, well, should we do this? And I said, Rob, why don't we give it a whirl? That's right, you said that. And, and I, I said, said well, the yeah. what's the worst that can happen is it will be a noble failure. <laughs> That's and, the, his words. And, and I thought, well... I we said, we might yeah. as well, let's give it a shot. It's Michael, it's not going to be awful. It might be dull. But it won't be awful. Come we went on. out Certainly into the awful. street and we skipped down. This as we were younger. So of we did it, and, and uh, uh, yeah, we, we it was like, uh, look, look, let's just because we've been talking about it so long, it was getting boring. The Michael asking us was getting boring, so we thought, well, let's do it or not do it. So let's just let's just do it. And um, and the first place we went to on trip one was the end of White, White Well. well. Yeah. In the trough of Poland in Lancashire. Beautiful part of the country. Lovely. If you're ever there, do, do look it up. Didn't, didn't hotels like reject the concept? That's and then right. actually, the ones that you did go to, they've had like. Their websites crashed. Yes. And they get yes. people who visit them really? just because they've seen it websites on the show. Websites crashed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah do you yeah. know, well, it's interesting. In the first series, I slept with the receptionist. Hang on. Oh, in, Not in reality. Um, I mean, I have slept with people in reality, but I'm not going to talk about that today, if you don't mind. Um, I slept with the. Uh, not one on Mike. Uh, <laughs> I, slept, I slept with the uh, leave Mike reception. Out of this. Yes, I know. Yes, yes. Very good. Um, <laughs> in the front, in the reception of the in a white wall, I meet a, a woman called uh, Magda, who uh, a receptionist. Is the receptionist, in the show. and and she. But of course, in our trip, it was an actor. Sure. And I end up. It, it, the, uh, consensually, we end up in bed together, and, uh, and my client does want to be very clear. And it was about consensual, that point. even she though it's even though it's a fiction. Um, so anyway, we, we end up in, in bed together, and the, the, we, we were saying the next day. Uh, well, no, it's a month later. The proprietor of this of this um, uh, establishment. In. 
I'm talking about the proprietor of the establishment, um, <laughs> said that he gets people to go, go there and say, can we talk to Magda, thinking she's a... And I thought, well, why would they really think that a real receptionist there would just get into bed with me and have a camera crew in the bedroom? In the trip to Italy, yeah. it wasn't the headmistress. That would be being apocalyptic. It was one of the teachers. In the trip to Italy, my character of Rob has a moment of weakness and uh, spends the night with a deckhand. And um, the next day, that it, after it had gone out on BBC Two, my wife was taking one of our kids, very young at the time, to school. <laughs> and the teacher, one of the teachers, came up, put her hand on my wife's shoulder and in all seriousness said this must be a very difficult time for you. And I don't think Claire had watched it, you know, and she went, oh, I'm sorry, what, what, what do you mean? And then realised, oh, good Lord. If you follow that through, it means that I was philandering my way around Europe with a camera crew in tow, which on many levels is a very attractive idea, but, I mean, it's not something I'd ever get off the ground. I was trying to think of a joke there, but I, just lost, <laughs> I lost interest uh, as I was having the right, thought. Yeah. But people buy it. People actually buy it. Yeah. Well, some people yeah. are. Well, that's the way. Some people watch soap operas and think the people in soap operas are really like that and shout at them in the street. But um, some people I are. Kind of well, but... I can understand because there are so many reality shows now where they follow people on journeys. And, and we are using our real names, which was one of the things that we re, re, uh, resisted at the beginning. Where oh, I remember yeah. us saying, Loby, can't we? All right, let's do this, Michael, but can, can we have fictional names? Fictional names. Can we have fictional names? Yeah. But of course, with the benefit of hindsight, what makes it, I think, quite intriguing. Is people is go, that, oh, is that what they're really like? Yes. Oh, I wonder. Are they. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so that's. Uh, hmm. And obviously impressions are a big feature of the trip. Very much. Oh, yes. Very yes. much so. Yes. But, well, yes. And you guys must get asked about your favourite impression of one another. That's right, but I thought yes. I'd start with what's your least in favour, least favourite impression of the other does. Of each, that the other one does. Oh, yeah. I don't... Gosh, I, was, I, I don't know. know. Uh, least favourite. He's a very good impressionist. I mean, He's I, very I good. like his... Let me think. Um, I've, never, I've never thought of it that way. Um, no, I... Uh... Well, you really are a bucket of negativity, aren't you? I, I, mean, no, I, I, think, I, I, I don't it's not a really. If it was a good question, I think we'd be tripping over ourselves to answer it. But uh, the we're least sort of favorite? struggling. I, 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 I don't remember the ones that are, you know, sort of a selective memory. He does a very good. Um, you, you would on this one, you were doing Eric Morecambe, but I don't know that it's kind of made yeah. the cut on any of the episodes I've looked at. I've not noticed it, but you do. You, we both did a bit of Melvin Bragg this time. Mm. Steve mm. had done Melvin Bragg mm. on um, Spitting Image, and but it, the Melvin we do is from um, uh, In Our Time on Radio Four. Right. Where he does a very funny thing where he, he'll have these academics and he'll say to them, T "Talk a little bit about this so 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 so," and they'll start talking, and he'll say, no, no, we, we, "We've covered that. T talk more about so so," and they'll exhaust themselves, and then he'll say, "What about so so? Expand on that." And there's something very funny about hearing yeah. these academics panic, thinking, I've got nothing else to say. Yeah. And he's quite don't, impatient don't, don't, with them. We know about that. Yeah, Talk a little bit more about that. It's, it's, uh, it's quite yeah. a straight, straight... Expand on that. 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 So we do, we do a bit of Melvin when we're looking at some Ottoman temple or something. Um, so, yeah. I, I honestly couldn't tell you what I think is his... He does. He does some terrific ones. You know? Oh, he's incredible. He does some terrific. I do. You know, Martin I, I Sheen I didn't is do, always yes, very I, Is that I didn't do my um, Jeremy Irons. No. Oh no, no, go on then. Which is very sort of like that. It's very sibilant, but it also has great timbre. <laughs> it was to be late in the summer of 1945 when I was to return to Brideshead. 
The house has seen many changes since my last visit, having been bought by Mr Trajani of Levenshume, who had converted it to flats. You know, this is what I spend a lot of my time with, someone who can remember that he has the most phenomenal memory. He will talk to you and he'll say things like, remember this advert used to come on when I was about seven, and it says, or he'll tell you things from his childhood, episodes of his life, in such intricate detail, and he rem- you remember them so well, don't they you? They do, they do. And yet... And yet... And yet, can he remember... Time passes and we all change. Is well, it... let's, let's use that vivid, yeah. vivid imagination. Um, vivid imagination. <laughs> looking at a future plot twist, if you were to write the ending to the trip and narrate that... How would that look? Well, the I, th- the I think it's has, ended. I, I think ended. this is probably the last one. And so, the, and there is a last episode, so it has, it already has a look, and then we can describe it to you. Well, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should keep no. that, otherwise I they mean, won't watch it, will they? <coughs> right. Well, this trip. Or even is, for the non-fictional Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon. Oh, do you mean how well, our lives? Yeah, yeah. Could, could we do yeah, it? Like, I would mean, love it if I lived to a ripe old age with all. Obviously, <laughs> what a surprise! Yeah, with with yeah. all my faculties, and and then one day I'm like. Brando in The Godfather. I'm, I'm with my great-grandchildren in the orchard and I just keel over and go, boom. Yeah. That's what I'm aiming for. What about you? I would like Going to... Going for the water speed record on Coniston? I would like to drive a red Ferrari yeah. uh, off a cliff, mm. aged 99, nice. whilst eating a 99. Mm. <laughs> Thus avoiding the telegram from the Queen and sticking it to the monarchy. Exactly. I looked at a Vulture article looking at the best impressions you do and it was ranking them in order. Mm. Can you guess what number one was? What do you reckon Mm. both of you do? Probably Michael Caine. It was. Mm. Well, that became quite sort of the sort of signature one, didn't it? Because... Well, it became virulent, didn't it? It did. You did it at the Albert Hall as well, didn't you? With with Michael. We did do it at the Albert Hall with Michael. We used to go into the dressing room to rehearse it with him. Remember that? That was was fun and exciting. Yes, we did. So, well, the idea is, Michael, what we're going to do is this. Right, yeah. And then we're going to... And then I'll say this. Steve will say this. Right. And then what happens then? And then, well, then you're going to stand up. And, yes. and we did it, and it went down a storm. It's it on YouTube. Marvelous. Is it on YouTube? Yes. Is it, yes. it is on YouTube. I'm very pleased about that, because it wasn't aired at the time. I was rather pleased. I thought it was very nice. Was he yeah. pleased with the impression? Well, he pretended not to I wouldn't say to pleased. Be. I mean, he, yeah. I don't know, he was... Please, isn't, isn't he's heard it. it. The thing with someone of his age, right? Oh, God, he's heard go, it all before. He's not going to go... Can you imagine Michael Kinn saying, I've heard lots of impressions yeah. over the year, but I heard those two guys, and I thought... That is the best yeah. version of me I've ever heard. He's not going to say that, is he? I think people people often get, oh, I wonder what he thinks. What he probably thinks is another day, another dollar. There's, he's a guy who was in sketches, you know, on TV shows with Peter Sellers. He's been Bob Hope. Yeah. He's done everything. It's just a new batch of people doing uh, him. Yeah, Paul yeah. Whitehouse was doing him before us. And oh, people yeah. were doing, you know, yeah, so yeah. bless him. He was very sweet about it and he, and he was... It nice was lovely, it, it was yeah. lovely, yeah. And uh... So like Mick Jagger, has he... Has he... No, I, I've not... Seen him? I st- no, I, because we talk in the trip to Spain about that time that I saw him and spoke to him, and then that became the story, and it was a true story. But I've not seen him, although the, 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 yeah, I've not seen him since then, so I, I don't know. I mean, yes, so we do, we do uh... again for Mick. You know, you've got to imagine it's probably got far less impact on him because he's been these guys have been around forever. They've seen everything. Mm. Was know? that story true? Right? Yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. The one about the, him doing the impression. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hun- that's a hundred percent. Because some of the stories in the trip 
are totally fictional. Yeah. Well, some yeah, are yeah. totally true, and some are kind of a little bit yeah. about that one is 100% yeah, true. Yeah, that's what's quite confusing about the trip, actually, because sometimes we'll tell stories about when I was a kid and when this happened and that happened, and some of them are pure yeah. fiction, yeah. which we're allowed to do because it is a fictional show. I mean, we've got actors playing all these parts in our lives, so we do literally sometimes make stuff up, and then some of the stories we tell are absolutely true. So... <laughs> There's no way of telling which yeah. is which. No, so that, Arnie that true, true in the uh, Swanner room? Was it the jacuzzi with? Oh no, I, I, did, true, I, did, I did get in the jacuzzi with the Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. and Jackie Chan. Yeah. <laughs> sandwiched between them. That's a plot twist in itself. A big muscly, <laughs> uh, big muscly man sandwich uh, was the filling. Was he still quite big then? Was he still in good, good neck? Well, I mean, he was then. He was obviously very, very, he was very pumped up. Let's I mean, to be honest, look, compared to anybody in this room, he's still in bloody good shape now, isn't he? What do you mean? Was he still in good shape then? The water displacement was such that, um, you know, Archimedes would have had a job, uh, <laughs> you know. Rob Bryden, Steve Coogan, thank you for being on the Plot Twist podcast. Been thank a pleasure. you, it's been lovely, thank, thank you. you. Cheers, thanks very much. Yeah, no, thank you. No, 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 thank you. Steve, say thank you to the man. I'm saying thank you. On behalf of Steve Coogan and me, Rob Bryden, good night. Cheers. We'll be back after the break. Bye. Well, a big thank you to Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon. Well, thank you, Tom. <laughs> no, no, let's move on from that. Um, <laughs> what did you think? Uh, do you know what I love is they're just a funny duo. Like, you struggle to get a word in. They're, like, yeah. impenetrable as a team. Like, they just bounce back and forward. I love that they are obviously big-time pals, but they also just dig each other out all oh, the time. Oh, massively, massively. My personal highlight when you asked them about their plot twists, which obviously you would, when he said... Naturally. Rob's biggest plot twist was that... He, he had, had a, a career. career. <laughs> which I <laughs> which I really enjoyed. So quick-witted with it. It was amazing. It was very funny. Um, and also the story about he was in a hot tub with Jackie Chan and Arnold Schwarzenegger at the same time. What a hot tub to be in. <laughs> I mean, talk about expecting the unexpected. I mean, imagine that. You're in Holiday Inn. You've gone to the uh, you've gone to the pool and you've gone down there and then you've looked across and you've got Arnie. Whip off your robe. Yeah, you whipped off your robe. You've got Jackie, Arnold and Coogan just sat there minding their own business. I, I mean, don't think wow. mentally I can go there. Plot twist. Plot twist indeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you enjoyed our chat with Rob and Steve, then you definitely need to watch The Trip to Greece on Now TV. Oh, my God, you're going to love it. So who's up next? Oh, next week. So from one duo to another, to the streets of London, the returning series of Bulletproof, the cop duo Bishop and Pike, Noel Clark and Ashley Waters. Ooh, another duo. Another duo. Very different kind. Different kind of chemistry going on here, for sure. Well, I mean, I can't wait to chat to them. Me neither. So I think that's enough of us this week. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. Hold up. 